listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. This segment of Sun Devil Saturday brought to you by our title sponsor, Gila River Hotels and Casinos, who proudly bleed maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. Along with Sean Crespin and our regular guests, Tim Healy and Jeff Van Rapphorst, I'm Jeff Munn. I, it, it's really strange to call Rapper and Healy guests because they're they're part of the family. And uh, But we are discussing, uh, as we do each week, a different aspect of the Sun Devil depth chart going into the season. And the one on offense that has the most question marks, and, I, and it's not really in a negative way, is the running back position. And let me start, fellas, by bringing you some sound of Herm Edwards from earlier this week talking about the depth chart at running back. I, I don't. I don't. I know uh, Zach believes in having three backs. And I think it's like anything else. It's, it's once you start playing football games, um, how you use those guys is very important. And the production that they bring to the table. Tim, uh, it, there, there are a lot of interesting possibilities with the running back position, but the added wrinkle to it is how Zach Hill uses it in his offense. Yeah, and it's, it is uh, an interesting dynamic that the top three guys on your depth chart, two true freshmen and one first-year JUCO transfer. Uh, they're not lacking in talent. You know, Diamante Trianum, four-star recruit from Akron, Ohio. Danielle Nagata, four-star recruit out of uh, the Sacramento area. And, uh, of course, Rashad White, uh, one-time UCLA commit uh, out of Mount Sac Junior College in Southern California, rushed for over 1,200 yards in JUCO a year ago. There's talent there. It's unproven. But then you think back to 2018 money, uh, uh, when Eno Benjamin took over that spot, Eno played as a true freshman in 2017, but I think he only had about 20 or 21 carries the whole season. So he was largely untested, and he ended up uh, setting the Arizona State single-season rushing record in 2018 and backed that up with another 1,000-yard season last year. Uh, I think there's talent in that running back room. Uh, they just uh, they just need to get some experience, and obviously they will this year. And as you mentioned, Zach Hill uh, likes to employ multiple backs, also likes to employ multiple tight ends, which would indicate uh, he would want to beef up the blocking for those uh, running backs. And, and I think in this conversation, we probably shouldn't totally ignore Case Hatch, who uh, was the first-team all-Pac-12 special teams player for the Devils last year, mainly as a linebacker but has switched to fullback slash H-back slash tight end this year. Uh, so I guess he kind of, in a way, figures in that uh, conversation in the backfield. But I, I'm anxious to see these uh, three young running backs uh, get their trial uh, under fire this year. I mean, they're, they're all going to play, and uh, they're all going to play big roles, and there's talent there, and I'm really anxious to see how they perform. Yeah, you know, you read all the numbers and the previews going into the season, and you see that Eno Benjamin had 84% of the running back carries in the last couple of years and 2,700 yards, and the question always comes up, how do you replace him? But, Rapper, I don't think necessarily that should be the question. You're not trying to replace Eno Benjamin right now. You're trying to find the right backs to fit Zach Hill's offense, and when you look back at his time at Boise State and what he likes to do, uh, what is the type of back that works in a Zach Hill offense? Well, I mean, I think you're going to find that there, there's two different kinds of backs, right? They're going to they want to pound it sometimes because they jump into 12 and 13 personnel, uh, meaning you know one back two tights, one back three tights. Boise was notorious for you know being a, a real aggressive team, but they would pack it in as well. So I, you know, I honestly don't know how the backs are going to work out because 
the one disadvantage we have is not being able to go to practice right now is watching little things like blitz pickup. You know, who, who can step up and protect the quarterback? And we, and we don't really know the running back bus mentally from the standpoint of, okay, this was a play, you know, here was your flat, your flat route. You know, did you really bust it at three, move it to five? Um, so I'm excited to see it. I just, I think that the added, you know, piece to this, Sean, is you're opening up at USC. So you, you know those coaches are having a lot of dialogue, and it's not only the personnel, it's what play. What Does that back fit that play? Is that play going to work? Um, so a lot of nuances. This is going to be – the first game is going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be flat-out amazing, and it's going to be like somebody just ripping off the, the canvas of a new painting, and all of a sudden you're looking at it, you know, and it's a virtual real-time painting. And, um, I, you know, I'm still with everybody else. I'm going to wait and see and kind of watch because um, sometimes – Sometimes players surprise you. They really, really do. And Tim, rapper brings up a good point, and and I'm going to go out on a limb with my trivia knowledge and say I think the last time ASU opened a football season with a conference opponent might have been Daryl Rogers in 1982 at Oregon. Uh, and it's Sean mentioned it at the beginning of the show. You don't get any any non-conference games. It's jump right in and jump right in against a team you're expected to battle the, for the South Division title. And that just adds to uh, the urgency of getting this offense and this running game put in place. Sure does. And especially when you consider money that there's only seven games to play. You don't have a lot of time to work out the kinks and you open with a conference opponent and I'll do you a little better in the trivia department. I actually think the last time the Sun Devils opened with a conference opponent happened to be yours truly's first ever game as the voice of the Sun Devils replacing the late great Tom Dillon. It was in uh, Washington 98 against Washington. That's right. And uh, we don't really need to go into details of how that game ended it was a crushing last-minute defeat for the Sun Devils, but uh, and and really kind of got the train off the track immediately. And that was an ASU team that had gone twenty and four the preceding two seasons under the late Bruce Snyder. Of course, the great eleven and one Rose Bowl year of '96, and a very good nine and three Sun Bowl champion team in 1997. And the Sun Devils heading into 98 were in the preseason top 10 in a lot of uh, rankings, even though they were, uh, they, they, I think, lost the overwhelming majority of their defense from that uh, 96 97 uh, set of teams. And that loss to Washington was just a crusher, and they went on to a mediocre five and six season. But, uh, uh, and the weird thing is that they actually opened the season with Washington, I think, three years prior in 1995 in Seattle. And that was another game that uh, the Huskies pulled out late in the fourth quarter to win. Uh, it's a real interesting dynamic when you open against a conference opponent. Of course, when you play an all-conference schedule, uh, it's obviously to be expected. But uh, you're right. It, it, you know, there's, there's no preseason games and there's no uh, opportunities for warm-ups. And there's not a whole lot of time to get things uh, flowing smoothly if you hope to contend when you're only playing seven games. So all those dynamics really add to the importance of that game November 7th at the Coliseum. Yeah, you know, the good thing is, you know, everybody's playing the same. You know, it, it's, it's the same across you know, the board. You know, the other thing that, that makes that game so critical is who USC picked up out of the Pac-12 North. You know, ASU picked up Cal. And you look at the common opponent, they picked up Washington State. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be the head-to-head 
you know, may be really crucial. Um, you know, because you could have two teams tie the same record. Because I would argue that ASU's got a little bit of a tougher road ahead of them from uh, just from the two non-conferences that we picked up out of Pac-12 North. Rapper, I, I'm going to just jump in here. You mentioned Washington State, and I realize we're not going to see the, the Cougars, but with Nick Rolovich there, do they become kind of the mystery guest in the Pac-12 this year? No, I don't think they do. I think because it, I think it's so hard to install an offense. I'll give you a very – who I would say is very similar to that. If you wanted to say it looked for an indicator in another conference of a team that had a Rolovich situation, it was Florida State. Can Mike Norvell, with his offense, as prolific as it was at Memphis, at ASU, could he go into Florida State and, in a shortened pandemic season, really get it humming? And the answer's been no. And I think Rolovich is going to have that same problem, especially the state of Washington. I mean, let's be honest. The state of Washington, the state of California, the state of Oregon, they've got three czars that are running their government, and they're really impacting social gatherings. You impact social gatherings, you impact practice and workouts and all this other stuff. So I don't think they can do it. Um, this year. I don't think Rolovich is going to be able to really get it rolling. It, it's going to be interesting to see. And like I said, they're, they're, we're only going to see one team, and it's going to be California. So it leads to a, a lot of uh, interesting uh, things to keep an eye on going into the season. Hey, what, what are your guys' thoughts on Cal, though? Because Cal, to me, to answer your question, Money, Cal's the team, I think, that that it has a chance to be really you – know, they, they return a I lot agree. of guys. Completely out of agree. a good system. I'm going to go out on a limb here. If USC does not have the kind of year that everybody there hopes they have, it's going to, obviously Clay Hilton is on a on a seat that's not just hot; it's absolutely boiling. And if he doesn't have a great season, Justin Wilcox was an assistant in SC. I think he gets the first phone call, especially if Cal is as good as we think they're going to be. I think Cal is sneaky good, and. Uh... You know, and to Rapper's point, the Sun Devils get not only get Cal as their crossover team, but they get him in week two at home after playing at USC in week one. I don't know that there's a team in the Pac-12 that'll have a tougher first two games than Arizona State. I think the Sun Devils, if you look as of right this moment, they would probably be favored in their remaining um, um, four games up till the uh, that uh, wild card weekend, the final weekend of the season. But uh, that start to the season is going to be a challenge. Uh, although the one thing about Cal that's a little interesting is that Cal has lost several players uh, who I think have opted out of the uh, 2020 season because of COVID. Uh, they've had uh, some personnel losses uh, as a result of that, but they're still a real solid team. Uh, Justin Wilcox has built his program on the strength of their defense uh, which was really good a year ago. Remember their quarterback, Chase Garbers, got hurt in the ASU game, the yes. Friday night game the yeah. Sun Devils won in Berkeley last year, and he ended up missing four games. When he got back in the lineup late in the season, Cal's offense, which had really struggled in his absence, started to come around. And uh, if you think that uh, Keaton Slovis of USC and Jaden Daniels here are the top two quarterbacks in the Pac-12, which I do, Garbers is probably on that next plateau right below them uh, as in terms of uh, ranking the quarterbacks in this league. And, uh, you know, Cal returned several of its receivers. They had a big running back, Christopher Brown, 230-pounder. He's back. He rushed for just under 1,000 yards last year. I think they are a sneaky good team. And, frankly, I think they might contend with Oregon to win the North because Oregon 
is a program that has suffered some significant personnel losses from guys opting out of the 2020 season yeah. due to COVID. They have, and uh, it all leads to uh, what we'll st- see starting November 7th. Guys, I, I really appreciate this. This is really a lot of fun for the four of us to get together and talk football, and we'll do it again next week. Rapper Tim, thanks very much. Always a pleasure, Money. Thanks, Bye, guys. Talk to you next week. Tim Healy, the voice of the Sun Devils, Jeff Van Rapphorst. Sean and I are back. We're going to switch gears, and we're going to talk about Sun Devil soccer. Uh, it, there are some really exciting things going on with this program, and their head coach, Graham Winkworth, will join us to tell us about the upgrade in facilities. And they've been kind of off the radar. We're going to find out when they're going to play again. We'll do that as Sun Devil Saturday continues right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. This portion of Sun Devil Saturday brought to you by your Arizona Ford dealers. And along with Sean Crespin, I am Jeff Munn. This program comes to you each Saturday for a four-week period before November 7th when ASU will open football at USC at the Coliseum. Kickoff 10 a.m. pregame coverage at 730 and uh, it's only, what, three weeks away now, so the preparations are well underway. One of the other sports that doesn't get near as much attention as it should at Arizona State is women's soccer, and there are a lot of exciting things going on with the women's soccer program. A lot of them have to do with a tremendous upgrade in facilities, uh, but obviously there's been a lot of success with that program as well. And their head coach, who's been responsible for that success, Graham Winkworth, joins us for a few moments this afternoon on Sun Devil Saturday. Coach, it's uh, Jeff Munn and Sean Cressman. I appreciate you doing this. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Let me start off by just let's go right to it. You've had an upgrade in facilities. I've seen the pictures. And what's interesting is that uh, both soccer and lacrosse, which share a stadium, are going to share these facilities as well. You you really haven't had anything like this since you've, since you've come to Tempe, and it really uh, improves things on a lot of levels, doesn't it? Oh, a hundred percent. When I when I first moved here, um, lacrosse was was quite new, if if not brand new. And so, for the previous twenty years, it had just been the soccer stadium. And so, when lacrosse came in, and we were sharing um, the the field, would get you know torn to pieces a little bit. But this upgrade. Um, combined with all the hard work of the administration and our ground school, is unbelievable. We literally have the best playing surfaces, um, both for game facilities and practice facilities um, in, in the nation. Now it's awesome. Coach, what are some of the upgrades? I mean, what all was done? And, and, and surprisingly, I mean, how difficult was it? What kind of hurdles were created by what we're dealing with in the world with the pandemic? But can you uh, describe what some of the upgrades are and, and, uh, and how difficult it was to get it done? Yeah, um, from a soccer standpoint, uh, the stadium has got, along with the practice facilities, all new lighting, new training facilities, because there were games where in the past the field would be underwater. Uh, but now we've got, I think they raised it, I think it was 12 or 16 inches with a lot of sand and they put new drainage in. Um, and then new um, playing surface, new grass playing surface as well. And, it, and when you have the, the grounds crew that do the, the Super Bowl, field as well you know you're going to have a wonderful playing surface and then on top of the, the the game field there are practice facilities lacrosse has their own field we have our own field there is a turf facility that is multi-use for all the sports and then on top of that there are also um fields available for the recreation 
um, and intramural fields. And so having all of those is, is just wonderful. And it's going to not only impact our athletic department, but the whole university. Graham Wingworth, ASU women's soccer coach, joining us for a few moments here on Sun Devil Saturday. I I have to admit that my knowledge of soccer a couple of years ago was not that great, and uh, I've had a chance to do some work with Phoenix Rising FC, and I, my appreciation has just gone through the roof. And the first thing that you notice when you attend, it doesn't really translate well on TV, but when you go to a match, whether it's an ASU women's match, any kind of soccer match, is the speed. And you talked about the field at times being underwater. Speed is such an important element in soccer that you really have to have a pitch that is not going to be waterlogged. Yeah, absolutely. Not not waterlogged, and then also depending upon um, the style of soccer that your team, um, and, you know, the coach's philosophy of play, you know, if, if a team, if a ball bobbles all over the field, it, it might not matter to some teams, but when we try and possess the ball with the ball rolling on the ground a lot, it really uh, is impactful to have a, a, a bobbly field. So right now I tell the girls we've got good news and bad news. The good news is, um, you know, the field will, the ball will not bobble, so there's no excuses. The bad news is there's no excuses. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been really awesome. And, and, and I do want to put a lot of praise in for Ray Anderson and, and the whole administration because, like I say, we're going through a pandemic, and for our university to continue to take steps forward um, with all the challenges that are going on in the world, I think is remarkable, and it, and it just comes from the leadership of, of Ray and, and President Crow. So uh, thank you to, to them both because uh, we wouldn't have this wonderful facility without them. You know, Coach, we've, we've uh, over the last couple of weeks, have heard about the plans from, you know, hockey and how creative they've had to get with their scheduling to even have a schedule this year. What are some of the hurdles that you're facing in, in getting back to playing to playing games and getting back on the pitch and getting a you know getting a schedule put together uh, through this pandemic, what have been the hurdles that you faced? Yeah, we well we don't have a fall season, which is when we would normally play, and so mm-hmm. we're waiting on the Pac-12 to make a decision as to what our Pac-12 season will look like uh, in the spring, because we're hearing we will have a spring season, um, and so that will bring challenges with facility sharing and things. But um, we've got you know great staff, so we shouldn't have a problem. Um, but uh, you know. I think um, you know th- th- those types of challenges with, with, with what's, what's our season going to look like. We don't even know, and so that's that's kind of challenging, and we don't know what to prepare for. So I keep telling the girls that we're going to make you know, sweet tasting lemonade out of lemons and do the best with whatever we're served. And the girls' attitudes have been remarkable. They've been un- unbelievable. They've been, you know, their experience of university isn't supposed to be like this. You know, they don't get to socialize. They don't get to to hang out and so there's been challenges off the field and on it on the field you know they've been working extremely hard we haven't been able to do much um contact type stuff and you know when we're training in august and the weather was 115 degrees and we're we're wearing face masks it can be a little warm as well trying to, to get you know breathe properly so um but their attitudes have been remarkable they've just been happy to to get back out on the pitch and and, and also see one another because you know it was five or six months where they were stuck in their homes so just getting out on the pitch and enjoying one another has been has been great and we'll just make the best out of whatever we we're given graham winkworth asu women's soccer coach joining us a final question coach and you brought up uh the subject of of lacrosse and you two both share a stadium by the way i, I always say if you if for fans if you haven't been out there 
that soccer stadium, which gets renamed ASU Lacrosse Stadium in the spring, it's a phenomenal facility, and it's terrific to watch a soccer match. The uh, You have to work in concert with lacrosse at all times, even in normal circumstances where you're playing in the fall and Todd McCormick's team is playing in the spring. And there has to be a strong level of cooperation between the two programs, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and coaches, uh, Coach McCormick is, is fantastic. You know, he's, he's relatively new to ASU, uh, kind of like myself. And, you know, we're, I think the whole department, we're, we're one big family, we're one big team. And the fact that, you know, we get wonderful facilities that we share with, with lacrosse. Um, working with uh, staff um, such as uh, Tim's staff is, is fantastic. You know, they're, they're awesome. And um, I'm very blessed to have a, amazing assistant coaches as well. And, you know, we just we just work together. I mean, it's what we're supposed to do, and, and we're happy to do it. And, uh, and I know that they are as well. They're, just a, they're, they're a joy to work with. Well, as I said, Coach, I appreciate the, you having the time to visit with us, and I am going to show how much I've learned about soccer now in telling you that I wish you nothing but a clean sheet the rest of the, the fall and spring. That's a soccer term, and we like it when ASU has a clean sheet. So that's what I wish yes, for you. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thanks very much, Coach. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Graham Winkworth, ASU a women's soccer coach. By the way, Sean, clean sheet means a shutout. Yeah, I'm aware. Did you? Did oh, you, you are. Okay. Yeah, well, it, I didn't it, know. It, if... Yeah. Did you hear? I also I, I I made sure I didn't I didn't say get back out on the field, get back out on the pitch. That's right. You, know, you did. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my, I doing like my best that. here, money. I doing like my that. Best. I like it. And by the way, and I, I'll just say this before we go to a break. I, I meant what I said. I the, the thing that strikes you when you attend a soccer match. I don't care what level it is, men's, women's. It looks on television like oh, they're you know it moves slowly. No, it doesn't. If you see it in person, you will be amazed how fast and how athletic the players are. I don't know how many soccer matches you've been to, Sean, but I can speak from personal experience. The speed of the game, is yeah. it, it'll leave you dizzy. Yeah, I had the opportunity to work some of uh, the international uh, soccer matches that were here last year at, at in Carolina and then Washington. I was running some audio for those, so I got to see you know the arsenals of the world and so forth. Yeah, it's tremendous. It is, and uh, it's understandable why it is so popular. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. Kyle Dodd is going to be allowed a few minutes to talk football, a few minutes to talk <laughs> basketball, and then he's going to get uh, obliterated about this whole rooting for the Dodgers thing. That's next on Sun Devil Saturday on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our hosts, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. This portion of Sun Devil Saturday brought to you by Fries. Now at Fries, you can get all the fresh you want when you want it. Just shop friesfood.com or download the Fries app, then choose delivery or free pickup. It's so easy. Fries, fresh for everyone. I shop the Fries in downtown Phoenix. That place rocks. It's got all kinds of great stuff. I just had to drop that in there. This is uh, Sun Devil Saturday, along with Sean Cressman. I'm Jeff Munn. In preparation, let me set this up. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, they're having Kyle Dodd on? He's the basketball guy. Well, let me just tell a little story. Last year, I filled in for Tim with uh, men's basketball. We were back in Connecticut. And on a Sunday, we were playing Virginia. The night before, ASU had that tremendous win at home over Oregon in football. And stupid me, I forgot to get a pregame interview with Bobby Hurley for the game the next day. Come on, money. You're supposed I to know. be a pro. Come it's on. Just, it was just bad. So uh, I came up with a backup plan. Let's just run some highlights of the football game from the night before. And 
you know, Kyle and I will talk about it. Here's a little clip. This tells you how great a football analyst Kyle Dodd is. Listen to this. I'll tell you, a year ago, the attention, and it was deserved, was on Nikhil Harry. Yeah. I think Brandon Ayuk's going to play on Sundays pretty soon too. I think he could play. He could play. He might be in the first or second round the way he's playing. And, and what a throw by the freshman! He didn't look like a freshman. He he out, he outplayed a uh, you know top ten draft pick last night. Probably what a what a big time throw by Jaden Daniels. Uh, you see, the guy knows his football, and I know this because I sat and watched the game with him last year in the uh, in Club Larry Bird, which is a very inside story, and we don't need to go into it. But that leads us into our guest, Kyle Dodd. First of all, how'd your how'd your baseball game go? I am literally walking out to the parking lot right now. But we went two and zero in pool play against two good uh, two good thirteen U teams out here in Gilbert at Cactus Yard. So we're pretty pleased because normally we play terrible on Saturday and then usually get it done on Sunday. But uh, hopefully this isn't a bad sign that we're playing good today. So. All right. Well, let me before we get into talking football and basketball. I have a, we we uh, publicized your appearance on the show today, and we got an email from an M Trout in Anaheim, and he says, uh, "Dear Sun Devil Saturday, why is Kyle Dodd rooting for the Dodgers?" <laughs> uh, well, so I grew up a diehard Angels fan, as everybody knows if they follow me. Um, but uh, my dad grew up about five minutes from Dodger Stadium, so. I'm one of those unique people that um, don't really hate the Dodgers as an Angel fan. So it's more to support my dad. And then now that, uh, you know, I got boys, they are obviously front runners like all kids are. So if the Angels <laughs> lose in the, in the playoffs, they usually switch over and uh, root for the Doyers. So I, uh, it's kind of fun to just, you know, root with my sons and, and enjoy playoff baseball because God knows, even the, even the year that where they let – you know, dang near every team in the Angels weren't good enough to get in. So, all right, I, I just want to get that cleared up, Sean. I, 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 you obviously spend a lot of your winter nights sitting next to this guy. Mm, I sure do. Uh, by the way, Dodgers are up three nothing in the bottom of the third on the Braves, so I, we might be. I did might... see that. I heard. I heard Bueller yeah. dealing. Let's talk about some of the basketball we might be watching this year, Kyle. And and you know, good news this week for the Sun Devils, as is if it's even possible, their perimeter got even deeper. Uh, you talk about the the transfer grad transfer who's now eligible this year, and just what this roster might look like when we finally see hoops this year. Uh, but this is going to be this is a team that a lot of people have been excited about for quite some time that Bobby Hurley's put together. Yeah, I think uh, you know since I've been around as a player or a color analyst, I don't know that I've been around a group that's collectively as, as talented as this group, and especially at the guard spot. I mean, they are ridiculously deep, and the hype's there, you know, the excitement's there, and it's just unfortunate that the times in the world that we're living in that, you know, there's probably a good chance nobody gets to actually see it in person, but, you know, I think uh, Bobby's just done things that I don't think we, any of us that have been around for a while, thought were possible with men's basketball I mean as far as you know filling the arena on a Thursday night against Oregon State or or you know recruiting the type kids and you know it's every time you you see who they're recruiting it's like also considering Kentucky Kansas and Arizona and it's like wait you know who doesn't belong on this list normally you know but now we do so I I just think uh, he's done a tremendous job building the, the excitement around the program and you know he's getting good players but these guys are all good kids great kids so I'm excited uh, Kyle, talk about, uh, in particular, one player, Holland Woods. Uh, give us some thoughts uh, what you've seen of him. 
Well, yeah, man, he's he's exciting. He's he's an exciting player. He can put the ball in the basket, but he really sees the floor. He played at a, a you know a high level in, in high school as well. Played with Marvin Bagley, who's Marcus Bagley, one of the you know incoming stars, um, older brother that plays with the Kings, and he's actually played with Marcus before, and so he's played with good players you know his whole life, and he obviously had a great couple of years at Portland State, you know, running the ball club there. So I just think that the big thing – no, I'm good. <laughs> People are asking me if I need a ride home. They're looking at me. Uh, Don't we have a sponsor that can get you, him a car or something? Yeah, I think we yeah. do, actually. That's, that's, that'll give you an idea of what I look like after eight hours of the field. Two random people are like, you need a ride, sir? I'm sir, are you doing okay? You yeah. feeling all right? Uh, yeah. So. Oh, uh, man. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Yeah, Holland Woods. Holland uh, Woods. I think, yeah, I just think he's a guy that probably, you know, is going to pick his spots this year with, you know, with Remy coming back and you got Verge and, and Christopher and those guys and you can't forget about Jalen House. Um, so I think, you know, he just adds another guy. And I think the luxury Bobby's going to have is he's going to be able to ride with a hot hand and, and you'll kind of get to see who plays well together, who, which guys have chemistry. But, you know, I, I can pretty much say that you're going to see a lot of three-guard lineups. Well, that was going to be my, my follow-up question there, Kyle. You know, with with Mello moving on, uh, and we've certainly seen a few Sun Devil basketball teams under Bobby Hurley that, we you know, there's been a lack of size. It definitely appears as if that might be the case again this year. So where is the size going to come from when you go up against some of those bigger units? Well, I think you got two guys you got to point to that are going to have to step up big time. And I, I thought Tay Cherry really came on last year. Uh, started do, you know doing things outside of just making shots. Tay was one of those guys that when he was knocking down perimeter shots, he was really good for us. But when he wasn't, it was kind of tough to keep him on the floor. But last year when he got back after injury, he just decided he wanted to rebound, he wanted to play D, and and do other things. And you know I think that's huge. Um, and he's got to build on that. He's got to take that step forward and be the guy. I mean, he people forget he was a big time, big time recruit and he chose ASU over a lot of big time schools and then uh you know also Jalen Graham I thought had he had you saw flashes last year he probably has the highest ceiling you know any of the bigs he's super athletic super long and I think uh he has a chance to to really help them on the front in the front court Kyle Dodd ASU former Sun Devil guard we can't forget that an ASU men's basketball analyst joining us on Sun Devil Saturday we talked a lot in these first couple shows, Kyle, about the impact that no crowds will have on football teams in terms of emotions and execution. Let's turn it to basketball. It's such an emotional game, and ASU has a number of players. You know, Remy is such an emotional player. How will playing in front of basically nobody affect ASU in terms of basketball? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting because you're right. I mean, a guy like Remy who thrives off the crowd, home or away, I mean, Remy loves to play on the road, too. It's going to be interesting, and it's one of those things where do you got guys that are self-starters and, and can bring the energy, you know, within, and I think Bobby does have that. You know Bobby's going to provide some energy. Um, and then, you know, selfishly, I'm scared to death to, to broadcast in an arena empty. You know how I like to get on the officials now. Now imagine they can hear every single word I say. I mean, I'm going to have to figure it out this year. Kyle, I got some good news for you. It looks like we're not going to be on the floor, so it I looks like I did hear that. I did yeah. hear that. So we're, we'll be we're we'll chick, be broadcasting. Yeah, we're going to be up a little bit. So even if they do hear you, they can only give you the dirty look. So they won't be able to kick you out this year. So that's good news for you. <laughs> yes, thank God. So yeah, I, I think uh, you know, in all seriousness, it's going to be weird. You know, I mean, because it's going to be one of those things where, you know, me and Tim are 
you know, calling the game. And sometimes you're critical of your team, you're critical of the other team, and you just hope that they don't hear that stuff when it's when there's nobody in the in the stands. But I think you know, for the players, I think it'll take you know a little bit of adjusting. But I think the teams that have you know extreme talent that are going to obviously rise to the top. I thought that's why the NBA showed the teams that you know had most of the best talent really played well outside of Milwaukee, and they just kind of generated their own energy. All right, I got one last thing to duck in here with Kyle Dodd. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, Kyle, but Matt Barry at ESPN is getting the Walter Cronkite Award. Uh, he's an ASU alum. And I'm just going to say this. If he doesn't thank you and me for the part we played in getting him that award when he gets it, I'm really going to be disappointed. I I agree, and especially you. When we had him on, it was kind of cool because he, he told you how big of a fan. You know, he grew up, obviously, in the – in the area and how big of a fan he was of, of money. So I think he definitely, he's got to, he's got to thank you, but what a, what a great dude. I mean, yeah, he was, it was so, so much fun. And he's so big time. I mean, he's obviously living the dream and sports center and stuff, but just really down to earth. We had a great time chatting with him and that's awesome that he got that award, but definitely, definitely. I don't know about me, but I think money should definitely get a shout out. Well, thank you. I set that up for a reason. So you would say that I deserve most yeah. of the credit. <laughs> I know hey, you teed me up. <laughs> Sir, Kyle, do you need a ride? Kyle, do you need a ride? Are you good? Hey, I'm actually I'm I'm right by where you where you live. I'm out there in, on Power Road, so just pick me up on your way home. You got it. You got it. I'm on my I'm on my way. I'm on my way. <laughs> KD, thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Stay All right. safe. All right. All right, guys. Kyle Dodd, ASU men's basketball analyst, joining us here on Sun Devil Saturday. We're back with some final thoughts. What you can look forward to in terms of Sun Devil programming this week. We'll get to that right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. Sun Devil Saturday brought to you in part by Midverse Bank, the exclusive banking partner of Sun Devil Athletics and your exclusive home for the ASU debit card. Visit midverse.com slash ASU for details. Midverse Bank, true to your money, member FDIC. Sean, uh, let's remind the fans, they've got a lot they can listen to on the Arizona Sports app during the week. Yeah, they sure do, Money. Uh, Every Tuesday, Tim Healy and I get the opportunity to sit down with Ray Anderson for the Anderson Healy Show and always have a special guest on on that show as well. So every Tuesday, I believe Tuesday afternoon, that show gets uploaded onto the Arizona Sports app. And then, of course, Thursday, Thursday night, 7 to 8, we have the Maroon Monsoon Hour, which once football season starts... We'll transition back into All Aboard with Herm Edwards, but for the time being, up until we start the season, November 7th, Money, we've got different guests from throughout Arizona State Athletics uh, that join us each week. You know, we, for this, for instance, this past week, we had Prentice Gill on with, you know, assistant coach with the football team, and um, we've had, uh, you know, everybody spanning the, spanning the whole realm of Arizona State Athletics, and we're, I think we're going to have some, uh, I think Bobby Hurley's joining us here soon, Remy Martin's joining us as well, so we'll span the, uh, the echelon of Arizona State Athletics up until November 7th when we'll switch it back over to uh, All Aboard with Herm Edwards each week. But, yeah, lots of ways to get your fix on Sun Devil Athletics uh, right here in 98.7. And, uh, and, and it's, 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 it's a lot of fun each week, you know, having multiple shows with Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards and everybody else. But, yeah, it all lives on the Arizona Sports app as well. And let's get a quick note in. Uh, Arizona State hosting the 2026 NCAA Women's Basketball Final Four. A big awesome. woo-hoo on that one. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Sean, great job, my friend. Let's do it again next Saturday. 
You got him on one to three. We'll talk to you then. You got it. Sean Crespin, and it's great to have him on board as part of Sun Devil Saturday. Next week, we've got another loaded show. Tim and Rapper will be back. Sean and I are going to have a chance to visit with the new director of football operations for the Pac-12, Merton Hanks. Yeah, the former San Francisco 49er. We'll have all the latest Sun Devil news. We'll hear from Herm Edwards. We'll have a media guest, all kinds of things. So thanks for being with us. Thank you, Cody Fincher, for all your help. Until next Saturday at 1, for Sean Crespin and all our guests, I'm Jeff Munn. Thanks for listening. This is the Sun Devil Radio Network. That was Sun Devil Saturday, brought to you by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. This Sun Devil's athletic program is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by MidFirst Bank.